This is Brett Hayworth, and welcome to What's the Frequency, our half-hour show that follows the exchange on Siouxland Public Media. Together, the two shows give you a variety of important information on key issues that impact our lives. In this episode, we highlight the Iowa legislature, which gaveled in earlier this month. Lawmakers have been working through some of their own proposals and some pitched by Governor Kim Reynolds. The lawmakers have 100 days in their session through late April to get their work done, unless they go into some overtime extra days. Iowa government departments operate this year with an $8.5 billion overall budget. Setting the yearly budget is a big thing for the lawmakers, and as they do that, there are proposals to cut income taxes even further than has been done in recent years and to increase teacher pay. In addition, there are lots of other measures up for consideration. Reynolds said there should be changes to the area education agency system that regionally provide specialty service to individual school districts. Her proposal would raise teacher starting salaries to $50,000 annually, plus boost it to a minimum of $62,000 for those who have 12 years of service. Regarding the state income tax, as 2024 began, the top tax rate dropped to 5.7%, and it will switch to a flat tax regardless of income level in 2026. Reynolds proposes moving up the arrival of the flat tax by two years to later this year and dropping the rate from 3.9% to 3.65%. As this plays out, the Republicans have a stranglehold on the reins of power, holding the governor position and with strong majorities in both chambers. We appreciate getting some perspectives on what's the frequency from Iowa lawmakers. We will speak in a bit with Jacob Bossman, a Republican from Sioux City. But first up, we hear from State Representative J.D. Scholten, a Democrat from Sioux City. How are you doing a few weeks into this first session here? Well, it's been a lot. Uh, You know, the governor and her condition of the state speech uh, really announced the uh, cutting of AEAs and and the gutting of it. And so uh, that's been the battle uh, the first few weeks. Um, You you know, we did vouchers last year. Uh, They when I was uh, getting prepped to go down, uh, they told me, you know, usually the first few weeks are pretty easy, but uh, that has not been the case last session nor this session. And before we get into some of those uh, possible changes for the session, and we'll come to those here in a little bit, are there any measures that you personally plan to introduce or want to see enacted that come from minority party Democrats? Yeah, we're going to do a whole series of bills uh, as House Democrats. And the one that I kind of am overseeing is one on junk fees. It's getting a lot of the national attention, uh, putting a ban on junk fees. and, And for folks who may not know what those are, uh, it's like if you buy a, a concert ticket on Ticketmaster and it says the concert's 50 bucks, but then you end up paying $85. It's that extra $35. Uh, we would, There's so many hidden fees, and whether it's the airline industry or other things as well, uh, we just really want more transparency out of corporations. We're going to be fighting for public education. We'll pro- be proposing a lot of uh, things along those lines, but uh, uh, when you're in the minority party and, and – you don't always get to have a lot of say in, in some of this stuff. So it's more playing defense on a lot of situations. In fact, that's my very next question. So let's maybe flesh that out a little bit more. Can you describe what it means to be not in the majority political party that controls the process of what bills get, you know, get aired in committees and within those limitations, how you work to be effective for your constituents and how to get things done that matter to you? Yeah. So the number one thing is getting a Republican to co-sign or, or be on a bill because they don't. What we're seeing is that uh, if a Democrat leads it, it's not going to go anywhere. And so, uh, I get a ton of 
outreach from different constituents and, and different groups around Siouxland area. And I, I tell them the number one thing, I'll do everything I can, but at the end of the day, uh, the speaker, uh, Speaker Grassley gets to dictate kind of what happens in our chambers. And so um, it's a little bit frustrating because there's, I feel a lot of just common sense stuff that uh, doesn't uh, get addressed. And I also feel that no political party has a monopoly on good ideas. And so uh, it, it gets very frustrating at times, but at the end of the day, one of my favorite parts of it is connecting a lot of my constituents with services they need. And so I, I'll get an email. We have a great staff, a democratic staff. Um, I, I send it to them and they connect with the right agency or, or different things like that. And that's, that's one of the uh, my favorite parts of all this is just helping people out. Let's discuss tax policy and some fiscal matters. Do you feel like the state budget is in a good place? And is this the time for tinkering with revenue reductions or not to do that? Yeah. I mean, by all uh, indicators we've seen, we're heading in the wrong direction by giving continued tax cuts to the super wealthy and, and huge corporations. And that's the big thing that I see is how much corporations uh, have an impact especially at the Capitol and in, in down in Des Moines. Um, you know, that's lost revenue. A great example of this is how much tax breaks we gave to the Iowa Fertilizer Company on the other side of the state. And here, after giving them over $500 million in tax benefits, and some of that was federal, uh, but, but and some of it was local, but a lot of it was state. Um, here, the, the whole reason we created that uh, was to incentivize a, a, an alternative to huge monopolies in the fertilizer industry. Well, one of the monopoly uh, companies, monopolistic companies, just bought them out. And so, uh, which is the direct uh, opposite impact of what we wanted. And so, uh, but then you look at long-term revenue and by every indication, we're going along the lines of what happened in Kansas and Kansas pretty much near went bankrupt. And so um, the governor just continues wants to cut, cut, cut. Uh, but that's a lot of services. Like I've gotten a lot of uh, complaints about how the privatization of Medicaid has impacted people's lives. Um, and, you, you, the, and then at the same time, we gave a blank check to a corporation for these school vouchers. And uh, there's no checks and balances on that. And so it just, it's pretty inconsistent um shrinking the revenue is long term uh going to be a problem on, on a lot of our services and and when we talk about like teacher pay and things like that it has a huge impact on that okay i'm speaking here on what's the frequency with democratic state representative jd Scholten of sioux city about possible legislation in the iowa legislature in 2024. so there are a lot of proposals that center on the functioning of education how much money do you want to be set is the increased amount for K-12 schools? Is is 3% or more yeah. possible? Well, the Democrats the last few years have all said 5%, and that's what the public schools have, have asked, or in the, the community or school boards have asked for. And so we think that's appropriate with where we're at with teachers' needs, with um, the rising cost of things. We think that's appropriate, but uh, Republicans don't see that, and they're continued to go 3% down to 2% and, and kind of along those lines. And so uh, we feel that public education has not been fully funded. Sure, it can in any situation, can we review things and see 
what could be working better, what couldn't be, obviously. And then that's the case with the AEAs too. You, you know, the, the governor didn't have it, and I'm sure we, you, we want to get into this a little bit more, but uh, with, with AEAs, but the governor didn't include the AEAs when she said she wanted a, an entire review on them. That's just, how do you do that when you don't include the people who do the day-to-day work on, on all this stuff? And you mentioned this earlier, but some people contend that the vouchers passed last year for the private school students will result in less money for public schools. Where do you come down on that? Yeah, that's, yeah the Sioux City School uh, uh, Board said that that it's an immediate 8% cut to Sioux City Schools. And so the voucher program, you know, there is a place for private education. I believe that. But to give massive amount of public dollars to go into private schools, I think, is the wrong direction. And they, they kept on mentioning school choice. Well, my parents had a choice. They, they put me into uh, IC when I was in kindergarten and first grade. And then in second grade, we, we, my sister and I moved to public schools. And that was their choice. Um, and so there's always been choice. The, the public schools, to me, it, they're the great equalizer. It doesn't matter what your background, what, your, uh, uh, what side of town you're from, or anything like that. It gives you an opportunity to get a good education and get a start on life. And that's why I think like they're so important to communities. They're so important uh, just to our society. And that's why, and for decades, we, we put that at such a high, uh, uh, just remark of, of like how important they are. I mean, our state quarter is foundation in education. When I graduated high school, we were first in the nation in education because we prioritized it. And it was so important. And now uh, what we've seen with the Republican trifecta, it's not important to them. And they continue to cut, 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 and uh, and then go after teachers too. And it's just, you know, that's, that's not the Iowa that a lot of us grew up in, and it's very frustrating to see right now. What do you think about of the proposal to raise starting teacher salary to $50,000 annually in the next few years? Yeah, it's a it's a one time thing. Democrats have proposed teacher increase for a lot of years now, and, it, and we we thought there's a lot of different ways you can go about this. But to put it in this AEA bill, I think is definitely the wrong thing. Um, it, I've got a lot of comments saying that, hey, if we want to do teacher pay, why don't we do a standalone bill? And I completely agree, but they're trying to uh, cover up some of the uh, manure of what uh, the AEA bill is about. And so um, yeah, I, I think it should be a standalone bill, and I think it, it, it should be all, I mean, it's not just teachers. We should have administrators, uh, we should have para-educators uh, uh, as well, and so I think there's a lot of people who are working hard, and they should be rewarded. There was a school shooting in Perry High School at the beginning of January. What measures are you hearing there in the legislature related to making schools safer, and which ones would you support? Yeah, you, you know, that's it's just it was only a matter of time until something like that happened here in Iowa it's just absolutely heartbreaking and to see uh the principal passing away is just heartbreaking and and just everything about that is just awful um I don't know how much one piece of legislation uh can make an impact but what we have seen consistently is in states that have uh more protections like a just basic universal background checks uh, making sure that all uh, the loopholes are, are closed, just just basic stuff, things that most people think, and when I talk about most people, I'm talking like 80, 90% of people just think it's common sense, and, and we don't have that. And in fact, 
uh, last session in 2023, they wanted to make guns easier to, to put them on school buses. They want to put them uh, in college campuses on, on make it easier to have them in parking lots and, and just like have it more accessible and, and more guns doesn't seem like the solution to what's happening in the nation right now. And just let's come together with some common sense. And, and it's just, it's disheartening to, to see the direction and just, we all want to be safe. That's the bottom line. I'm speaking here on What's the Frequency, again with Democratic State Representative J.D. Scholten of Sioux City about legislative activities here in 2024 in the Iowa legislature. Uh, in her condition of the state of speech, Governor Reynolds, she pitched the functioning of the longstanding area education system, and you've mentioned that a couple of times. Last week, then she said she was open to some revisions to that. What sort of changes to the AEAs do you support and which do you not support? So what I support is including them in a review. So here's kind of what happened. During the fall and, and when we had our pre-legislative meetings, we heard rumors that the governor really wanted to do something with AEAs. And the thing that we heard constantly is, oh, I haven't seen a bill. And then pretty much two, two weeks ago, we had the condition of the state. And the very next day, a 123, 124-page bill flopped out of nowhere. And and then now, uh, which which would just, uh, you know, I, I talked with the Northwest uh, AEA, the chief there, the chief administrator, Dr. Cox, and I asked him, I go, were you included on this bill? He goes, absolutely not. And I go, oh, did you think of when you looked at, like, the possibilities of what could happen like like some of the things would they go from nine to seven or something like that uh where he thought that's kind of what they were going for but this would completely just dismantle them and aea uh, you know what they do are, is so important they it, i mean they had a huge impact on my life when i was younger i had pretty frequent ear infections uh when i was like a toddler in preschool and that caused me to have some hearing loss, which caused me to have some speech uh, development issues. We, my parents brought me to an AEA. They taught me. They brought me to a, a specialist, a, a, a speech therapist, and they got me to develop it. So when I started school, I was at the age appropriate of my development, and and that would have had major impact if, if I didn't have the AEAs uh, on the rest of my life. And so I'm just so grateful for what they do and, and just, you know, nobody is saying that we shouldn't have a review of them. I, I think transparency is great, but let's just like include them when you talk about what they need to do. And the governor just, uh, she had an out of state uh, corporate consultant that the same one that did the reorganization bill. And she, that was the same company that came up with this idea and it, it's not an Iowa idea. It's not a, a thing that has grassroots and just people throughout the state have really wanted. It's just, it's, it's some random consultant that, that thought this would be a way to have more power for the Department of Education, which gives her more power. And just, it, it's really frustrating to see her put politics over just the people of the state. Thank you very much for your time, yeah. Representative Shulton. Again, this has been J.D. Yeah. Shulton, an Iowa House member from Sioux City. And now on What's the Frequency, I am joined by a Republican House member in the Iowa legislature, Jacob Bossman of Sioux City. Thanks for joining me. How was the first month? Yeah. Of, how was the first month of the session gone, in your opinion? It's it's gone well. It's always uh, a little strange to get back and back in the routine again, but now it feels like we've been down here 
for months. So yeah, we're just hitting the ground running, and obviously there's a lot of uh, issues and and bills uh, being proposed, and we're going to spend some time vetting them and hopefully doing good things for Iowa. Before we get into some of the more notable high-profile ones in this session, are there any measures that you personally plan to introduce that people should be on the watch for? Yeah, so the, the main things that I've been hearing as I've been talking to people and businesses around Sioux City for the last few years are um, what I like to call um, you know, barriers to employment, primarily focused around childcare and housing. And in particular, housing, I've been hearing tons of stories from uh, employers about how they, they finally uh, find somebody to fill this necessary position and they come to Sioux City and they can't find a house that they can afford and they take a job elsewhere or they um, commute you know, from an hour away and they have the idea that they're going to move their family to Sioux City and they ultimately get tired of the commute and they can't find a house that they can afford and they leave the job and go back to their uh, their hometown. So those are areas where I feel like, uh, you know, I hate as a Republican to say, but there are sometimes the free market just doesn't work where you have demand for a house, you know, in the 150 to $250,000 range, you have the minimum new construction cost around $300,000. So you really have a demand for this product that the market can't create any more of. So we need things like the workforce housing tax credit, which I've introduced a bill to uh, increase that to $50 million that will hopefully allow developers to um, you know, develop these properties cheaper, maybe closer to that $250,000 range. Also, I've introduced a bill uh, in regards to um, sometimes called land banks. I've called it land redevelopment trust um, that would hopefully allow uh, you know cities or local governments to create uh, this trust, this land bank that could um, raise money or get grants that would allow them to maybe develop land in blighted areas and maybe give the land to developers or things like that so that it could be developed uh, at a lower cost. So a lot of those things to try to, you know, what are some ideas that we can do to help, um, you know, develop housing and in that price point that people really need. Let's discuss tax policy and some fiscal matters. Do you feel like yeah. the, do you feel like the state budget is in a good place, and is this the time for more tinkering with revenue reductions, or not the time for that? So uh, yes and no. Um, I would say the budget is in a great place. I mean, obviously we have uh, billions of dollars in surplus when you're talking about uh, the reserves and the ending balance and the taxpayer relief fund, but a lot of that money has already been accounted for when you're talking about the uh, tax cuts that have already been implemented, already been passed, that are that are being implemented down to 3.9%. So I know that that can work. We vetted that. Um, the governor has proposed going to 3.65 this year and 3.5% next year. Um, I'm all for lowering taxes, but we need to vet that and make sure that that is something that we can afford as well. The speeding up the tax credits, I'm in favor of. Um, I was told going to 3.9% this year rather than waiting two years to fully implement it would cost about $2 billion. We have that in the taxpayer relief fund or will over this implementation period. So um, I know that that works um, anytime when we're talking about exactly your point, reducing revenue further. I'm all for that. We just need to make sure that it pencils out. We don't want to put ourselves in a position where we have to be appropriate or raise taxes or do anything like that. So um, it's something that I think is a good uh, proposal, um, but our job is to to vet it and make sure that it's uh, it's doable. 
I'm joined here on What's the Frequency by Republican Jacob Bosman of Sioux City as we discuss details in the Iowa legislature, which is getting close to about one month into the session. Um, there's a lot of proposals that center on the functioning of education. How much money do you would you like to see set as the increased amount for K-12 schools? Is it like 3% or more? Like what, what vicinity well, do you see well, that? Yeah. So last year the governor um, proposed 2.5%. I was among the group of uh, House Republicans that, that really pushed for at least 3%. So I was happy that we were able to get that. This year it's kind of an interesting conversation because – the governor's proposing um, a certain amount of money for teacher salaries as well. So the vast majority of the SSA increase is going to uh, teachers, teacher salaries. So if we're talking about doing potentially a 2.5% SSA, I think you also need to include in that conversation the $96 million for teacher salaries. Um, it's just a, a pot of money that would be a, uh, a line item that would go just for teacher salaries. And so... Um, I think where maybe some people would advocate for a higher SSA, I think a two and a half percent becomes sustainable because you have this supplemental money that can be used for, for yeah. teacher salaries. Okay. And I was going to ask you about the starting teacher pay, but you, you went there, yeah. so I'll, I'll, I'll bypass that. Some people, as you've, you know, there's, this has been a very controversial thing in the legislature, but I'm sure you've heard some people contend the vouchers passed last year for, fi for private school students that it will res result in less money for public schools. Where do you come down on that? Is that true or not true? So in Iowa, we've always funded, at least since the SSA has been around, we've funded education on a per-pupil basis. So I don't necessarily buy that argument any more than I would buy that Sioux City receives more money than, you know, Sergeant Bluff. You know, they both get 7600 some dollars per student. So if Sioux City is educating less students, they're receiving less money for that, but they're still getting the same amount per student. And, and we are for the first time now funding money toward the students that are going into private education. So I think it's a fairness issue where we as a state have decided that it is important for us to supplement the education of all of our students because it makes sense to have, you know, an, uh, an educated electorate. Um, it's better, you know, for uh, crime reduction and, and increase tax productivity and lots of reasons why the state wants to get involved with that. And so I think that it makes sense that we apply that same philosophy to kids that are going to private schools as public schools. But like I said, I don't believe that it's taking money away from public schools because we have always funded uh, schools on a per pupil basis and we're continuing to do that. If the enrollment at Sioux City goes up, they get more money. And if the enrollment goes down, they get less money, just like every other school. And another high profile issue in her condition of the state speech, Governor Reynolds pitched uh, changing the functioning of the longstanding area education agency system. Um, then last week on Friday, or yeah, a couple days ago, she said she was open to some revisions for that. What sort of changes to the AEAs do you personally support and which do you not support? Well, I just want to start by saying that I think that this is showing that the process works, that we've been providing feedback. We've received lots of feedback uh, from Iowans and, and made that known to the governor and that her already changing her proposal shows that she is open to and, and receiving uh, that feedback. Um, primarily, primary things I think that she was hoping to accomplish were um, giving that control to the school districts. Right now, the money passes through the school districts. They get so much money per pupil, and it goes directly to the EA. Her proposal is that that money would stop at the school districts, and then they could decide, you know, is the AEA the... Uh, the most efficient way to administer that service, which I think in almost every situation it probably is, 
or do they want to take it in-house and with like the teacher education or something try to do that themselves um and i think what it will do is it will um, create more uh, accountability and um, transparency in that funds where the school districts will be able to go to the AEAs and say okay well you had been getting x amount of dollars for this service we think that it should only cost this and, and we'd like to negotiate a contract with you for the service for maybe this amount so I don't think it will change, and, and my goal is that it doesn't change the um, how the services are, are provided or, or what services are provided. The other area I know that the governor is trying to get to is kind of refocus the AAs on the areas that they were originally intended to cover, um, primarily on disability services and uh, special ed services. Um, so there is some talk of restricting um, the teacher development services or the media services that they provide. So we're having a lot of discussions about that. Obviously, a lot of the services that they provide are all intertwined and that, you know, obviously when you're talking about um, IEPs for people with special needs, a lot of that, those plans are developed through the, uh, you know, kind of the curriculum, the teacher services portion of the AEA. So um, right now we're in a position where we're, we're trying to make sure that all of these services are provided, particularly when you're talking about the special ed or, or disability services for the special need islands. Um, we want to make sure that those are provided in the most efficient way, um, but also make sure that there's not a reduction in services. And this is Brett Hayworth, and I'm joined here on What's the Frequency by Republican Jacob Bossman of Sioux City. As we discuss details in the Iowa legislature, um, there was a school shooting in Perry High School at the beginning of January. What measures are you seeing that are being discussed in this legislature related to making schools safer, and what would you support? Yeah, so obviously this is a, a horrible situation and something we never want to see uh, happen in, in Iowa again or, or in our area. Um, so there's been a lot of focus. I've, I've introduced a bill um, to allow uh, school resource officers um, to be part of the occupational sharing. Um, so if school districts share a position, they get extra money from the state to help pay for that position. Um, I had heard from Sheriff Chad Sheehan that there were a lot of the rural schools in, in Woodbury County they couldn't afford school resource officers, uh, and he had some interest in, in providing that service through the sheriff's department. They couldn't afford uh, to, to hire them to do that. So hopefully this will make it possible for a lot of those districts um, to have that service, to have an otherwise, and hopefully that acts as a, as a deterrent. Um, obviously, mental health is a huge part of this. Uh, we need to be able to identify and, and make sure that these kids have all of the resources they need before uh, an incident like this uh, arises. Um, we've increased uh, funding for mental health services last year, I believe, to the tune of about $35 million. So obviously, we need to do more to make sure that we have providers, um, that we have providers not, not only uh, available, but that um, students are aware of those services and we can kind of connect them to those services when they're needed. So I think that that's going to be a lot of the focus uh, this year. Okay. And then to wrap up, um, it's a prediction question. Uh, what are your slam dunk predictions? One measure that will be enacted into law and one measure that has no chance to be enacted into law this session? Ooh, that gets, that's tough just because it's a, the legislature is always pretty uh, unpredictable. There's always things that I think that there's no chance that end up happening. Um, I do think we will do something on uh, the AEAs. The, uh, the governor uh, has made it clear that she um, uh, wants to focus on reforming this system. And I think everybody, even people I talk to 
that work for the AEAs and the school districts admit that there's probably a little bit of bloat and there's probably some things that we can do to reform that. So we need to focus on how we do that in the best way. But I think there will be some some reform happen, some change. Um, as far as predicting something that won't happen, um, I guess I, you know, there'll be a lot of things that don't happen, um, but nothing I can think of right now. But yeah, maybe we check back in a couple months. I'll that's have a better that's, idea that's right. Exactly. That's right. That's a conversation for another time. So, and, and we'll, exactly. we'll end with that. Thank you, Representative Bossman, for speaking with us. All right. Thanks. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Again, this has been Representative Jacob Bossman, a Republican from Sioux City, to give some perspective on how the Iowa legislature might address some key issues ahead over the remaining three months of the session. That's a wrap for this edition of What's the Frequency, and thanks also to Democratic Representative J.D. Schulten, also of Sioux City, for his perspectives as a guest earlier on the show. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next week. Airing this afternoon on Siouxland Public Media will be The World at 3 p.m., followed by All Things Considered. For Siouxland Public Media News, I'm Brett Hayworth. (music) 